This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast After Hours. <laughs> Which in this case just means we had our first day of dancing in association with Pikes Peak Line Dance or Bust 2017. I say in association because it wasn't in the ballroom exactly. It was at a bar called Copperhead Road. And naturally, we did the dance, or a dance, a couple dances to Copperhead Road at, at the end of the evening. We still have time left over on our Buzzsprout account. Got two minutes and 38 seconds, and we've got 22 hours in which to fill that. Two minutes? What? You said two minutes. 22 hours, and we had t- two hours and 38 minutes. Two hours and 38 minutes, okay. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah, so you all get to listen to us talk some more <laughs> at the end of this this cycle. Um, we have a, an article that we have been wanting to look into for like at least a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm, I've been very excited about this one. And it's a long one. We didn't want it to go into one of our two-hour live episodes and then get cut off. So now we have a little bit of overflow. Mm-hmm. This article with... Christopher Gonzalez and Megan Barsulia on Line Dance Podcast. Uh, this article written by Scott, simply titled Scott, on July 9th, 2015, is entitled 20, 32 Ways, just like 32 counts, 32 Ways to Easily Make New Friends at Live Events, and How an Introvert Met 70 People in 12 Hours. You can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's exactly how he spoke. I met the guy. (laughs) Posthumously. Anyhow, last week we talked about creating luck and the importance of showing up. Now let's dig a lot deeper and talk about how to build genuine connections. Once you're out in the real world. <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not sitting appropriately for my radio voice. Let me adjust slightly. All right. Have you ever been standing alone in a room full of strangers? You don't recognize anyone. You're not even sure you belong there. And you have no idea what to say. You think about darting for the door, or at least jumping on your phone so you don't look like a total loser. Or maybe just the thought kept you from showing up in the first place. I've been there, more than once. But I can also link almost any of my, almost all of my business and personal success back to the friends I've met, often at events that could have felt just like that. In a couple days, a lot of the LYL community, LYL stands for Live Your Legend, community will be heading to Portland for the World Domination Summit, probably my favorite event of the the year, for hanging around people doing the things you didn't think could be done. Join our LYL meetup here. Click. When I first went to WDS, I knew two people, and Live Your Legend was just an idea. I left on Monday morning with dozens of new friends, friends who not only understood me, but who showed me a new type of possibility, one that landed me right here. It is experiences like this that have made environment and connection the heart of how LYL helps people find and do work that matters. It's why we created our How to Connect with Anyone community, and it's why I decided to create today's rather in-depth guide. Because it all starts with connection. And nothing beats showing up in the real world. As long as it's actually fun. So, this is meant to be a resource for you to return to before or during a live meetup of any kind. Conference, event, or just connecting with someone new at the cafe down the street. It's all universal. If you're headed to WDS, print this out for your flight and refer to it over the weekend, or for the next time you'll be around a bunch of new faces. Also, once you're done, I'd love to hear your best in-person connection technique in the comments. There's a lot to cover, so I've broken things down into a few sections. Now, let's make some friends. 32 ways to immediately connect with strangers at live events. Number one, get your mind right. None of this stuff works or is any fun if you aren't coming from the right place. That's section one. Number one. See strangers as friends you haven't met yet. 
Thinking about a room of strangers is often intimidating enough to keep you from ever showing up. It's also usually not true. If you've picked an event that aligns with who you are, the people you're about to meet are your people. Approach conversations knowing you have beliefs and ideas in common. Reframing strangers as friends also makes it a lot easier to know what to do. With good friends, we listen, try to help, make introductions, remember names, and talk about shared passions, all of which we'll cover below. We do not try to dominate the conversation, shove our product or website down their throat, or think about how we can use them to move up some ladder. Treat them as friends you've yet to meet, and the rest of this stuff becomes pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, if we're in a true fashion associating this with line dance, it's really easy to look at people in a line dance event and be like, these are my people. Yep. Um, it's one thing that makes it really easy to talk to people when it comes to these live events is the fact that you are all there for the same passion and reason um, and knowing that makes it a lot easier to talk to random strangers um, at these events than say like just randomly walking next to someone on the street mm -hmm. and picking up a conversation when you're at these events you already have a topic in which you can discuss something it's a really easy icebreaker to ask someone what their favorite dance is so far mm -hmm. like where are they from because you know we travel all over the world for these events um, it's really easy to just ask questions and then before you know it, these strangers are your friends. So mm. if you just consider the fact that you've already talked to them, then they're already your friends, then it makes it a lot easier to approach them. Mm -hmm. And with the line dance community, sometimes Facebook friends are strangers you haven't met yet. Yes. I've had a few of those walk up to me and be like, oh, you're Megan. I'm like, yes, yes, I am. Like, oh, we're Facebook friends. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Number two, know that there's possibility in every conversation. I've experienced enough serendipity to know that every new event or interaction has the potential to lead to a new friend, partner, or idea. Approach new people that way, and it starts to become self-fulfilling. That's true. You never know who you're going to co-choreograph with, who has an event that you, know, you might end, uh, end up attending later. Um, who's going to the bar afterwards and invites you to hang out with them and turns out a bunch of other people you know are going to be there too. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you might have something to offer that they need and they've been looking for and they just happen to run into you. So then in that case, you have something... Uh, with this you know, being the possibility in every conversation, you have something that you can give them so if, if you look at it that way, uh, go out talking to people and just think, well, here's what I have to offer. Maybe somebody will be interested. I agree. Yeah. We even kind of ran into this at Target when we talked to somebody who was interested in making wine bottles into wine glasses or something along those lines. You never knew who you're going to end up talking to what kind of conversation will unfold just from a random interaction like that. Yeah. Number three, realize everyone is as scared as you are. No matter how unknown or well-known someone is, we all share fears of being in a room with no familiar faces, feeling lonely and not fitting in. That's natural. Your situation is not special. It's normal. <laughs> as soon as you realize you're in the same place as everyone around you, new faces start to feel a lot more welcoming. Yeah, it's nice to think that you have that common ground um, when you see someone standing alone you can very easily go up to them and talk to them if you consider the fact that you know how many times would you want someone to come talk to you mm -hmm. when you're the one who's standing there alone watching yeah. everybody else do whatever um, if you start putting yourself in those kind of not necessarily situations but if you start looking at 
others in those situations and comparing them to how you might feel, it makes it a little bit easier um, to go up and approach them. Mm-hmm. And then you can strike up a conversation. I find it daunting sometimes when everyone around me just seems like they're on a sitcom or something. It's just like witty repartee going back and forth around the table and I have n- nothing to say because like, I'm afraid that like I will be the one to break their easy flow. Whereas if it's people who look like they're, they're, they're in good spirits, they have good energy, but they're just kind of sitting patiently with their hands folded, like waiting for something to happen, I find that that kind of scene a lot easier to enter into because then I can see that they are open, they look friendly, they're you know, ready to talk to new people, but they don't want to be the one to make the first move. And in that case, I'm happy to. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely easier when it's like a lone person as opposed to a group of people, mm-hmm. for sure. Number four, be there to help. Sure, you want to meet people to help build out whatever you're working on, and that will come. But real connection is built from genuinely caring about serving the people around you. If that's not your intention, then you've come to the wrong place, and most of your efforts will backfire. Constantly come back to adding value. People will feel it, and your conversations and results will be all the richer for it. Remember Carnegie's quote above. We don't need me to reread Carnegie's quote above, do we? <laughs> feel free to rewind your podcast if you would like to hear that again. <laughs> uh, you have me distracted. What was the topic? Be there to help. Oh, well... It's a little bit trickier when it comes to the big sense of when it comes to line dance, but it could be as simple as just being the other person on the floor. Mm-hmm. It can be giving feedback when someone's choreographing and they're, they need help, like figuring out why this isn't working. Um, it can be, you know, helping someone who's struggling on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Or if the event managers look like they're running around with their heads cut off. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, so you can you know, help them carry a thing, bring it to a place. Or if DJs are stuck behind their booth all night and they really need a glass of water and nobody's bringing one to them, then you can help with that. Yeah. Lots of ways to help. Just get creative. Think about, if I were doing what this person has been doing for the last 15 minutes, what would I need? What would make my life easier? Yeah. Section two, make a plan. Getting the most out of a live event starts long before you get there. So in the days or week leading up, lay out some groundwork. Number five, know and research people you want to meet. Some of the most important interactions often end up being the people you never saw coming, but you still want to create as much luck as possible. Write down the names and a few notes about the people you know will be there, who you'd love to connect with. Do some research on their current projects and know what you want to say when you happen to connect. What idea could you share? What specific piece of their work could you sincerely and personally thank them for? Keep this on you during the event. You could also make a Twitter list so you can follow and interact with them during the event. Thanks to my buddies at Fizzle for that one. In a way, we do this when we prepare for the different events by learning the different choreographers' dances that are several years old. Mm -hmm. Um, We do our homework in the sense of like, okay, well, we know who's going to be there, so what dances are they probably going to teach? What dances are they probably going to dance late at night? Uh, Which ones do we know? Which ones could we, um, in theory... Um, help with somehow if they needed it. Um, you know, just stuff like that, knowing who's going to be there and then just looking up their dances and putting the time and effort in um, can certainly make an event more memorable and special for not just you, but the choreographers. Um, I know several people enjoyed. 
watching you, oh God, I can't think of the name right now, but um, in Portland with Simon on one of the old oh, dances. Powerade. Powerade, yeah. <laughs> um, because that, that was an older dance of his, and you were able to do that with him, and it made for a very enjoyable moment for not just you two, but everybody else watching. Mm. So. Yeah, dance is almost 20 years old. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I tend to do my research when I'm thinking about who I'm going to interview at an event for Line Dance Podcast. True. Definitely who I haven't spoken with before. And I think about what questions I haven't asked before so that people who are listening regularly can hear some new stuff and not hear the same question over and over in slightly different answered format. Yeah. Uh, I also try to think what would I really want to ask them, specifically them, that only they could answer if I only had a few minutes with them. So that way I can prioritize questions um, to, I guess, make the most of my and their time. Uh, and I think about, like, what are they working on these days or what is the thing that helped them like, make their mark or... Uh, resonate with the most people and what was the story behind that because nobody else can tell that story they are the ones who did whatever they did and having that preparation keeps you from like just stumbling over that kind of question or answer accidentally after having asked them a bunch of other questions for the last hour that anybody could have answered very true yeah also i find that on tim ferris podcast he asks questions or maybe has them tell stories from the outset that are very interesting. So, yes, he has all his rapid-fire questions that he asks for a lot of people uh, later in the show, but at the beginning he gets you hooked with something that is just amusing about the, per- the person's life. He doesn't just do a format of, like, all right, what's your biography and, like, what were you like as a kid and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and spit out your resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like this tip about researching people. Oh, I, also the bit about what could you thank them for. A lot of people have come up with dances that hit you at the right time in your life and make a real impact on you emotionally. So just having that 30 seconds to thank them before they run off to do something else at the event, that can make you feel a lot better for um, having finally got to share that with them. Yeah. Number six, reach out in advance. Go back through your list and send short notes of anticipation. Remind them who you are. Let them know you're excited to meet and how and when you hope to cross paths. Make it a super short email and follow with a couple tweets or other social mentions so they can associate your face with the name and note. It's a little bit tricky for me um, because when it comes to these line dance events, if I don't know someone there um, I don't necessarily plan on meeting them in the sense of like going and and all of a sudden cool now this person's my friend kind of thing Um, it's not something like I seek out it's something that I consider a blessing if it occurs Mm. Um, because pretty much the people that I now look for are the people that I've been to events with before. So I already have an established relationship with them. So I'll find out which events they're going to just find out, you know, uh, when I get to see them again or, like, if I can go out to dinner with them sometime. Um, I know I was fortunate the last couple weeks, at least, um, getting ready for this event here in Pikes Peak, I've been able to speak with Madison and Joe both and both them and myself um, like expressed how excited we are to to catch up with each other because it's been a little while since we've seen each other. Um, Joe, I think was last time was uh, at our Dancing for the Dream event, Uh, but Madison was back in November for Las Vegas. So, you know, it was really exciting knowing that I was going to be able to get to see these folks. Um, And so we, we, you know, exchanged messages um, saying that and how, you know, like we should try and get together or something or, you know, it's really exciting. I can't wait to see you guys, you know, stuff like that. Um, And it definitely helps build up my anticipation 
um, one, knowing that I get to see them, but two, hearing that they're excited to see me too. So I can only hope that by me saying that I'm excited to see them, it helps bring something to them too. You know, one person that I guess is a, sort of an example of this, of a person that we haven't really spoken much with in person, but who we are excited to meet up with at the event is Rhoda at Fun in the Sun. Yeah. We haven't really, inter- have you met her at all? Uh, only through Facebook. Yeah, and then I met her at Vegas Dance Explosion 2015, which was a while ago now. Uh, and we didn't really know each other very well then, and I it didn't even really sit down and interview her uh, for the podcast at the time because it just never came up. Our schedules never really worked out that way. Uh, but that's somebody where uh, we are just kind of corresponding up till the day of the event and kind of getting to know each other until we can put together the name and face in person. Yeah, that's true. Part three, show up. Here's what to do once you walk through the door. Number seven, smile. I wish I didn't have to mention it, but it's too easy to forget when you're immersed in new surroundings. Smiles are contagious. They show confidence. They make people want to be around you. Any smile is better than none. But also try not to grin like some connection-deprived clown. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I know people are more likely to approach you and talk to you when you have a smile on your face and your, your body language is signaling to them that you're open and you're welcoming to talk with them. Um, So if you're just standing in the corner, you know, arms crossed and looking down and being very, you know, wanting to disappear into the wall, a lot of people are not going to necessarily go out of their way to take that chance of talking to you um, for fear that, you know, you, they might disturb you or like you just didn't look like you wanted to converse with someone so they didn't want to like push you in any way shape or form versus if you're sitting you know in a position that's close to the floor and you're, you know, you're sitting with your body open and good posture and you're smiling and you look like you're enjoying yourself it makes it a lot easier for others to talk to you um, which you mean in turn makes it easier for you to talk to others. One thing that's awkward that happens to me very seldom, but when it does, it's awkward, uh, is if I'm just like neutrally, you know, looking around a room, my face isn't really doing anything, and then I see somebody, maybe they're on the dance floor, and they have a big smile, and they look over at me, and they have this gigantic, happy, like, childlike smile, and I'm just like, huh? And then I'm like, oh, and then I smile, but by then they've already faced a new wall. They probably think I'm like a serial killer or something. <laughs> I'm just so depressed about my life or something just because I had like this new... And you could like blow it out of proportion in your head and, and it just makes you next time want to be ready and have at least a positive looking neutral expression so that they don't think like, gosh, did I offend that guy? I shouldn't have looked at him. I shouldn't ever look at that guy again. I don't want to talk to that guy. <laughs> Just a just scum. <laughs> oh gosh! Get this guy out of the bar. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Yeah. That escalated you, quickly. If you smile, then they'll think, "Oh, he gets to live another day." <laughs> yeah. Number eight. BS people smile. Number eight. Obey the three-second rule. I first learned this from a professional pickup artist years ago, but it works magic with any new person. This is your eighty-twenty rule. It will lead to more interactions than anything else on this page. The rule is simple. When you see someone interesting to talk to, you have three seconds to walk up and say hello. Wait longer, and you'll either, you'll either overthink it and screw it up, or overthink it and never approach. Not sure what to say? It doesn't matter. Anything is better than nothing, because it takes you from being a no-name in a sea of faces to being an actual person with a story who had the courage to say hello. If it's something you've always wanted to... If it's someone you've always wanted to meet, you'll at least be able to open by thanking them for their work and how it's impacted you. I shared this rule at my How to Connect with Anyone talk at WDS in 2012, and the next day a woman named Erica wrote me an email. Here's one sentence from it. I am a very nervous introvert, but after finishing your workshop, I went on to meet roughly 70 people in one afternoon. 
and 115 in one weekend. She included the list of people she'd met. This stuff works. Here's a little bonus video on the three-second rule from Module 2 of our How to Connect with Anyone course on overcoming approach anxiety and creating instant physical rapport. Hope it helps. Click. Video plays. (laughs) On our piece of paper. Yes. (laughs) And audio recorder. Dude, I got distracted by your... Uh, Three-second rule. Three-second rule, okay. Um, yeah, uh, that's, it's kind of general in the sense of you can certainly talk yourself out of something if you think long enough about oh, it. But like being asked to demo? Yeah. Palm Springs? Yeah. Yeah. You want to tell us about that for those of us yeah. who have not listened to the Reflections episode? No, I, or should I just told him to listen to the reflection? Wow, yeah. Um, <laughs> when Joe asked if I'd be willing to uh, demo Keep It Grooving with her, I said, yes, I'd love to. And then all of a sudden I realized that it was going to be like an hour or two later. And so I started psyching myself up about it, started freaking out. And so like, I know the dance. I know I know the dance, but I forgot the dance because I scared myself so much um fortunately i was able to uh collect myself back (laughs) to reality um but yeah you got to be careful about the overthinking process It, it certainly can be damaging fortunately you did just fine when scott asked you at big bang to did you not demo with him i did that was the one i messed up (laughs) Thanks for bringing it up. Fortunately, he was a sweetheart, and he was like, oh, what? why were you looking at me? Did you mess up? I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, it's fine. I messed up all the time. So And didn't come across on video. I, I watched it. Like, regardless of what ends up actually happening, like, you never know until you say yes. True. So just taking that chance. You know, uh, I was listening to Tim Ferriss, and uh, he was talking about the deviant for a day exercise that you can do where if you're the kind of person that doesn't like to take risks and you don't like to do what's unexpected uh, just be weird for a day like put a mark on your head or wear weird colors loud pants uh, go to a Starbucks or a gym and just lie on the floor for five to ten seconds no explanation to anyone okay and It'll be one of those things that you think, well, this is terrible. Like, people are going to dislike me. People are going to think I'm this crazy person. And then you do it. And then you get up. And nothing actually happens. Nothing that you were afraid of actually comes to pass. And building that up, doing it several times in different places over the course of your life, you're like, oh, wow, nothing that bad ever happens. Like, people have been telling me this this whole time, but I didn't really believe it until now, having experienced it. So that's when the three-second rule can get you past that overthinking uh, freeze and just get you to do the thing that you will eventually see is not going to cause you any harm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and especially at events, God, this is like training wheels, like bubble-wrapped everything in terms of social interaction. People make it so easy. They do. They really do. Mm. Number nine, warm up. The three second rule isn't just for people you recognize. Use it to talk to anyone who looks interesting. And in the beginning, apply it to everyone you see. It's just like warming up for a race or big talk. You gotta get some reps in and build confidence. Do that by saying hello to anyone you can when there's nothing at stake. You are really good at that in the sense of you will stop random people and compliment them on something they're wearing or like their bag or something like that Um, and it certainly opens them up and they get really excited because somebody noticed something about them um, and like they're eager to talk to you at that point um because you you were you had made that initial observation, you commented to them, um, so then they're willing to open up and say hello and find out more information. Um, 
but yeah, you're one of the, the few people that it catches me off guard every once in a while because I'm in my zone and all of a sudden you'll compliment somebody and I'll, I'll look to see what you were talking about and be like, oh, those really are cool looking earrings or oh, that's an awesome looking bag or whatever the case may be. But um, it's because you were observant to begin with and you're the one who took that step. And it definitely makes it easier later, as they mentioned, when you're talking to a person you would normally be nervous around. I think it's interesting that there are fewer and fewer people now that I would be nervous around. Like, I think I got through all the major interactions that would have caused me that. Yeah, pretty much at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's like once you've met Rachel, you can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> we've met Guyton, we've met Roy, we've met Joe. Can't think of anybody else who'd be like scary. Scott, we met Scott. Yeah. We like talked with Scott for a while on that shuttle. That was great. He swore up and down he recognized me, and I was like, nope. <laughs> this is the first time I've seen you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I guess we got it made now. Now it's all just easy. Yeah. Now we just hang out in the bar afterwards or something. I don't know. I don't know. We haven't met all those UK instructors, though. That's true. It's true. I am looking forward to getting over there one of these days, one of these award shows or another. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Might be interesting to meet Rob Fowler. Yeah. Do the beast with him. Oh, God. Oh, man. I met Pedro at a time when I had no idea who he was. <laughs> you were so fortunate for that. <laughs> and now, yeah, like if I ever, if the beast plays and he's in the room, I don't know if I can do it. I think, <laughs> I, I think I just am going to have to watch. Right? Yeah. Oh, man. I guess I'll have to warm up. <laughs> Maybe do some... I'll, I'll learn King of the Road or something. Do that next time. <clears throat> Number 10. Take notes. Write down names and memorable details immediately after meeting someone. I keep a list in my iPhone. You could even do this during your chat as long as you tell them what you're doing. That you really care about remembering their name and following up about something cool they've mentioned. They'll probably be flattered. Better to use a paper notebook than phone if you're doing this in person, so they don't think you're distracted. Notes will make you much more likely to remember them during the event, and follow up with something meaningful once it's over. I do this at Stoney's. Yeah. I don't know if you ever notice in the margins of You'll my... write names. Yeah. If, I, if I've just met somebody, or if I saw somebody of note, like somebody visiting from SoCal, or if it's Max during one of his many tours... Uh, through the line dance venues of California, then I'll write that down. And for the people I've just met, it, uh, I don't know if I'll ever talk to them again, but I mean, it's nice to be able to refer back to that just in case. Yeah. And sometimes, for me, if I meet somebody and I get their name down and I remember it for just those 30 seconds and then I never refer to it again, I'm going to lose it. But if I tell myself five minutes later, just five minutes later, who I met, like what their friend's name was, that'll help a lot more. And it's even better if I do it again at like the end of the night, then I try to bring up the name, bring up the picture of their face, then I'm good. Then the next time I see them, I'll actually remember who they are. Mm. But I need to do that repetition across time to keep the neurons strong. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really tend to do that as much at events. But I, I can see how it's a good idea. Or, oh my goodness, taking notes. Uh, when I first met Ruben, Ruben Luna, in San Bernardino at the Line Magic dance event in October 2015, which was a month before Vegas, he, I still have this piece of paper, he told me about what I came to learn was called the circuit. And... I had already told him like what my mission at the time was, which was like just go learn all the line dances in California from the bars. But then he told me about all these events that I needed to go to that I had never heard of before. So I started writing down all these names of events that I was going to look up and find out more about them. And now they're like you know back of my hand. I've, I've had all this time to get acclimated to like the thought of what they are, like marathon, even if I've never actually been to them. But at the time, it was just oh. What strange and quaint little names all these events have, like Marathon and Showdown. And I wonder what makes them all different. So, yeah, having that, having that page of notes 
to look back on especially is fun to have because well, you, you never know when you're writing something down for the first time that's going to be like important for years afterward yeah and you also take down um, all the songs that are played too and the dances that are done that is true yeah, sometimes if I'm going like really in depth, I'll even write down how many people are doing the dances. <laughs> if I'm at a place where it seems strange that they're doing that dance, yeah. then I'll write down how many are doing it. So it, I know that it's not just that group of people who happened to show up there that night, but this is an, a dance that's actually done there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and then of course, if Joe speaks, you take notes. You just yeah. <laughs> you just need to. It's, it's for the best. Same with Rachel. Number 11, no names. K-N-O-W, names. No excuses here. No one's good with names unless they try. Repeat it back to them. Write it down. Introduce them to someone else. Picture a friend who has the same name. If you forget, just ask again. In a pinch, you could introduce them to a friend without mentioning the new person's name, so hopefully they repeat it back. Or ask your friend or spouse to always introduce themselves when they approach you and see someone new, just in case you've forgotten. Then use it every time you see each other. Hearing your own name makes people feel on top of the world, especially from someone you wouldn't expect to remember. Also, don't expect others to remember yours. Make it easy for them by quickly mentioning your name the next time you meet, especially if you've only met once before or if it's a distant acquaintance you haven't seen in a long time. And definitely never say something like, so do you remember my name? Or I bet you don't remember me. I'm surprised by how often I hear this and all it does is make the person you're talking to feel like an ass. People forget. Be nice. (laughs) Um, I cheat. I wear a name tag. As do I. <laughs> and I tell people, I cheat. I wear a name tag. Mm-hmm. Please, by all means, feel free to look at it as much as you need to. Um, fortunately for you, a lot of people know you as the cowboy. So at least they remember that they know you and they've seen you at all these different events. Um, but uh, I'm horrid at names I'm absolutely horrid and it's it is a problem I remember faces really well like I'll have seen someone one time and be like oh my god I know that person you know and I'll rack my brain as to where I know them from but names are much harder for me I definitely do the trick of uh, introducing them to somebody if I've already pulled the, like, what was your name again? And I still don't remember it after I've done that already, then I need to go into introductions. Yeah. And if if the person that I'm introducing them to doesn't do the name exchange thing, or like, oh, so I'm so-and-so, and the person doesn't say, if my friend doesn't say, so what was your name? Then I'm just, I just want to roll up a piece of paper and bop them <laughs> on the head. <laughs> Good you to were know. here for a reason. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. Glad I understand my role. No. (laughs) But, you know, it is nice when people remember you. Um, For me, because, again, I am so bad at names, I don't necessarily hold it against people. They don't remember my name. Um, Like, for instance, uh, one of the ladies today, again, I don't remember her name, um, that I was talking to during happy hour at at the bar the Hilton, one of those groups, uh, she had walked by earlier and pointed at us and goes, I know you guys, and kept walking. <laughs> and later on, she, she asked me, what was your name again? Um, but because she remembers the faces. Mm. So for me, it's it's like, oh, that's sweet. You remember you know, seeing me from somewhere. That's fine. But as for my name, it's kind of like, Meh. it's fine. <laughs> fine you don't need to remember it it's it's okay mm-hmm. um, that's why we're a name tag mm-hmm. yeah somebody today said that he recognized me from vegas vegas was a very big event yeah and i don't think i met everybody who recognizes me from vegas no a lot of people recognize you from vegas that you haven't met hmm. well i guess i'll just have to keep wearing the name tag to places i don't think we we didn't even have it yet that was where we talked to luann about getting one mm-hmm Maybe I should put it on my cape next year. I'll just wear it right here. 
What if I do both? What if I do one of those capes where, I mean, we already have the magnets for our name tags. So if I use the magnet to pin the two corners of my cape to my shoulders, then I could have one that says Christopher and then another one that says C left. <laughs> C left. And I'd be like, oh, it's Christopher. Or maybe just an arrow pointing to the other name tag. Oh, or I could put Gonzalez and be boring. But <laughs> why do they need it in my last name? Are they like <laughs> trying to send stuff to my house? They should do that. I should as put long my as address. they spell it correctly. My mailing address. I accept ramen. <laughs> ramen packs well in the mail. <laughs> Or Starbucks gift cards. I'm down with that as well. Thanks. Or Safeway groceries. Sign <laughs> me up. <laughs> Target gift cards. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm not sure if there's one that I wouldn't accept. Maybe one for the night's in. <laughs> Colorado Springs. <laughs> no, thank you. Combine that with a voucher for Frontier Airlines. <laughs> I will send oh. them right back. I can't uh. wait to do the recap for the event. <laughs> Same. Oh, and this actually ties in very well with number 12, which we really should do for this room and its surroundings. Number 12, take pictures. <laughs> I love taking pictures with people I've met. It's a fun way to remember folks, get them to remember you, and also great for follow-up. Have fun with it, but don't be pushy. Well, first of all, line dancers are great with taking pictures. Like I love the way at Amy and Friends Social's when you see a couple people taking a photo, people are like, oh, photo! And then everyone rushes over, yes. and then you have, like, 20 people in a photo. It was going to be, like, four, originally. Yes, yes. Um, Amy and friends, they do it like that. They do not quite so much at Wine Country Line Dance, but they will. Mm. Um, Boots and Buckles is another one mm. where all of a sudden there's a two people turned into 12. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think it's great. I love it. Um, I think it's really, really funny. Um, but just in general, like taking pictures, most of the choreographers and dancers are, are willing to get their pictures taken, no problem. Um, you just have to ask and obviously be aware of when you're asking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I love looking back at the videos and the pictures that were taken of Vegas. I mean, I did it just a few weeks ago and I got that same like nostalgia kick. And if I didn't have those pictures or those videos, then I I would be very much uh, disappointed because I wouldn't be able to recall it as easily Mm -hmm. without the assistance. Mm It's also a good way to photograph the evidence when you're posting things to review certain hotels that you've stayed at. Oh, God. We discovered tonight. <laughs> we discovered something else. We discovered... Wait, wait. I will give it one good thing. The microwave worked. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so far, that's the only thing that did. <laughs> yep. Tonight, our surprise was moving the bed a little bit because the lamp on my side wasn't working and looked like it was unplugged, so we thought, okay, we'll just find wherever the plug is behind the bed, and then we move the queen-size mattress and find two twin-size box springs (laughs) underneath the queen-size mattress. That's peculiar. (laughs) And they don't even match. I think one of them's blue and the other one's white. Something like that. Some of the uh, wiring was showing. I did not notice that. Yeah. It's probably for the best. <laughs> and then we've got the three non-matching pillows <laughs> with non-matching colors on the pillowcases. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Uh, we really... Popcorn ceiling. Oh, yeah, the popcorn ceiling. <laughs> and then the low ceiling out, out in the uh, hallway. Oh, or, or in the bathroom. Or in the bathroom. That was scary. <laughs> Oh, you know, we got the flickering light above the bathroom sink. The the one that barely even flickers. Oh, yeah, the ghost light, the one that looks like it's haunted. <laughs> when you turn it on, it like it, it's like a lighthouse almost, where like you see it flash on for a second, and then like a couple seconds later, it'll start flashing again. <laughs> or the hole in the sink. Oh, yeah, there's a, a hole chipped into <laughs> the sink. I don't know where the water goes. 
<laughs> when it goes into that hole, <laughs> it doesn't go onto your feet underneath. So there must be like some second layer. Oh. Also, the refrigerator, it has that part in the top that's supposedly a freezer. Um, but it's like it looks like it's iced over. You can store drinks right next to it for like four hours, and then when you take it out, it feels about room temperature. I don't know how they pulled that off. It's like a magic trick. <laughs> I'm sure we can we can go even further in in our recap episode. I feel bad for all of you who are just here to listen to 32 ways to easily make friends at live events. Pardon our detour. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please take pictures with people you've met. They, they will love it. <laughs> and so will you. <clears throat> Number 13. Bring a small group together. Invite some new friends to dinner or drinks that night or for a little workout. Or with enough advance notice, set up a little party for folks you know and want to meet. That's what we're doing with our pre-party on Friday at WDS. I invited all of you and usually also include a bunch of personal friends and people I'd love to meet. Ruben. Ruben's amazing at that. Yes. Palm Springs. That was quite the hosted party. Mm-hmm. And supposedly he did this uh, back in the day with Vegas as well, renting out like a suite and making that the party suite. Yeah. Yeah. I think that works even, I mean, as far as just like bringing a small group together, it can be good for if you have been going around meeting these solo people then you know you can meet a person and then if another solo person sits down two seats away from you you can introduce those two people to each other and then if another one sits down you can introduce that one and then if you need to step away they can all keep talking yeah sometimes that even helps for choreographers you wouldn't think that they would be shy but if they have like fans because some of them have fans, and they just don't recognize or accept that they actually have fans. Uh, the people who want to meet them probably think, well, they're so busy. They wouldn't want to just talk to little old me. I'm just this normal person, this normal dancer. And the choreographer, who knows why they're just sitting alone not talking to people, but like, if they think they, they don't want to get up in people's face and act like they're super important or whatever, then maybe they're just going to hide. So it might fall to you to introduce them to each other, and they will both be happy that they met. True, very true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do know there are several choreographers out there that are really shy and don't necessarily um, go out of their way, given the fact that they are so shy and introverted, mm-hmm. um, that if you're able to reach out and include them, invite them to sit next to you even like mm-hmm. it'll definitely help make the event better for them mm-hmm. and who knows what kind of conversations you could have mm-hmm. true oh my goodness in Vegas uh, we were lucky enough to sit in with a small group of people and we had not been to any of the places they had been for some of the d- adventures they were describing but just being there with this meeting of minds was so gratifying. I was very, I was very happy to have been brought in on something like that. Yeah. And then you were there with a couple of our friends, John and Emily, and mm-hmm. uh, just like the magic of a small group. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. And like there are things that can happen in a group dynamic that wouldn't happen one on one. Like learning just, how to do the worm. Yeah. There's some things that people will do when there are more people around. And if there aren't as many, then it just won't occur to them to like bring that side of themselves out. Yeah. Number 14. Know your everyday elevator pitch. I don't like the term, but everyone's familiar with it. What's your 30-second story of who you are, what you're doing, and why you care so much? Have something sharp and concise, but be ready to modify to fit the person you're talking to. And share it with some excitement. I think that's important for people who are probably going to be super busy, like Scott or Rachel, where they have stands or booths that they need to attend to and probably don't have like the most time to talk with you compared with people who just had one workshop to teach that day and that's it, and they go back to being a normal dancer. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, if you have something that you really wanted to 
drop on them, whether it's like your podcast that you maybe want to interview them for, or you just want to thank them for some dance that they made, or you have a clarification question for them, or if you're bold enough, you want to choreograph something with them, really get it down to just the bare essentials and see if you can make it as relevant to them as you can in the first few seconds so you don't have to feel like you're wasting their time getting to the point. Respect their time. And they will be potentially more likely to respect your question or offer or whatever it may be. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I, can, I can get behind that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, as for like the 30 seconds of like what my life is, <laughs> I don't know if I could answer that portion of it, but knowing what you want to say to someone who might be busy is a little bit it's better to be structured and prepared going in there as opposed to rambling and you know saying something you might regret because it's embarrassing or um, you know you don't want to take up too much of their time like you had said because they have shops to run um, so being a, being prepared is, is certainly a smart move mm-hmm. number 15 know what you want to say to those who you want to meet do your homework so you don't get caught fumbling when you bump into your idol in the bathroom. Best to wait until after you're both done, though. What do you want to thank them for? Who do you know in common? What idea do you want to share? How can it connect with and help their work? That's another interesting point, is finding out what they need help with. Maybe they have been doing a whole bunch of a similar style of dance but you maybe hear it through the grapevine that they really would like to do a different style that they're not as well known for. If you can find something that would fit them as a person and is also a different style, then maybe you've just opened them up to a whole new possibility for dancing. True, very true. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes along the lines of of what we were just saying about um, the 30 seconds, if you know what you want to say, you can really get it down to the nitty gritty, bare bones. Um, and then this way, again, you're not like fumbling around for the words and you're not making a fool of yourself in your own mind. Mm. Um, or potentially not coming across like a stalker. Mm. Unless they're into that. You never know. Doubt it. Yeah. But yes. Yeah, I can't really think of any way that you would say what you would want to say to them incorrectly or wrong or like accidentally hit on some sore spot because I think people are pretty forgiving. But just generally, yeah, kind of have an idea of what it is that you wanted to say. Yeah. So you, you don't small talk your way to the accidental answer. Number 16 of 32, which is our halfway point. I think that will be a good place to pause uh, this particular chapter slash episode of Land Dance Podcast. Um, Also, it gives people a chance who are getting close to the hour to get this in under an hour. So if they only have an hour lunch break, hey, you're done. (laughs) Got one more. Number 16, find common ground. Building rapport is all about finding things in common as fast as possible. This can be mutual friends, cities, travels, ideas, businesses, fears, whatever. Being at the same event means you're already starting with something. Build from there. I feel like I talked about this in like the first or second one. Mm. (laughs) Um, With line dance events, you're all there for the same reasons. So it's really easy to talk to them and ask them like what their favorites are so far, which dances do they do back home um where is home you know like you it's an easy way to segue into a real conversation with someone uh by simply just asking about the current relevant present moment being you know whatever particular event you're at one thing i will say for 
choreographers, instructors, people who are in the business, professionals, see if you can find something to talk with them about that isn't dance related because I think they appreciate having some interactions that aren't so jobby for them. Yeah. Like, if a person were to talk to me about guitar things because I sing and play guitar at senior communities, to some extent that would be kind of interesting. Like, if they wanted to talk about, like, Bing Crosby or Frank Sinatra or whatever their lives were like. Um, yeah, I mean, that that could be cool. Maybe I would learn something new. But... Also, like, I spend so many hours of my day focused on guitar-related things. If they really wanted to go in-depth with it, I don't know how much I would... I don't know how, how much I would be able to get into with, like, the sort of enthusiasm that I might have for, say, a Doctor Who-related chat. <laughs> or, you know, the finer points of San Francisco and what you can see in the Bay Area and Sonoma County... Like, things that are unrelated to what you already spend so much time on. With dance people, yes, I'm sure they they are into this. They do what they do because they love it so much. But that doesn't mean they, they love other things that much less. True. Yeah. Maybe they're really into dogs and they just never get to talk about them. Or, you know, find any little nuance of what they have on, and that might give some hint about what they're like. Very often you can learn a lot about a person just by looking at their keys. Yeah? Yeah, just keychains, um, how many keys they have. Every key has a story. Mm, I guess that's true. Yeah. So you just pull out the keys and ask them what the stories are. I'm trying to think of what's on my keychain now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have my house keys, which is uh, one is the Giants and the other is Breast Cancer Awareness. I have my two car keys because I am like you and have one for the door and one for the ignition I have a set of your keys which is the door and the ignition to your for car. my car because I've locked myself out too many times um, and I have my one work key I have the little robot man headphone jack splitter that I got from Jesse and I think a bottle opener yes I have, we have the same one the Bud Light one uh, other than that, I mean, they're all hooked onto a carabiner, so... Other than that, I can't think of what else is on my keychain. Mm-hmm. But then each of those tells a story. Where did you work? What did you use this key for at work? Uh, why do you have a car that requires two separate keys? Ha! Because I have my life falling apart around me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Giants, like, uh, what's your history with the Giants? How many keys do you have for your house? Uh, You said, because you said house keys. Yeah, I have two. One for the screen door, one for the front door. Mm. Both attached to the front door. Mm. Because we have one of the metal locking screens. And then so one of them was Giants, what was the other one? Breast Cancer Awareness. Awareness. And then you could tell the story of what does that mean to you? Like, what's the connection you have with that? A loved one survivor. Yeah. So yeah, there's like a, a story in all of that. Mm, I guess that could true. that could apply to anybody's keys. That's true. Yeah. So that'll be something for you to to leave on, oh fair and dear listener, uh, in finding common ground. Ask people to see their keys, and then run. <laughs> then run. Metaphorically speaking, run with it. Run with their story, <laughs> and, and see where it takes you. All right, thank you all for listening. It's a little late here. To us <laughs> at one twenty-six Colorado time, which for us is, I guess, midnight twenty-six California time. Which we shouldn't be this sleepy. I don't know what. It's a it's a Thursday night going into Friday. We have no excuse. We're getting old. All right, time for us to turn in. Time for you all to look through all the back archives and listen to every other episode we've ever done. If you haven't already, <laughs> tell us how they go. Leave messages in the comments. Hopefully, you this. enjoyed this. Yeah, we hope so. <laughs> we hope you come back for <laughs> number seventeen through thirty-two. If you don't, well, I mean, if we don't, because <laughs> we died, <laughs> we died nights in in Colorado Springs at Pikes Peak Light Dancer <laughs> Fest before we can watch Joe teach Can't Walk Away. Right. The roof fell in or something. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> or we fell through the lower two floors. It's like four stories on one half, but two stories on the other half of the building. I don't know how that works. 
<laughs> oh, I can't wait for the recap. Yeah, I'm sure the listeners can't either. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, Megan and I will see, see you, you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor. God willing. <laughs>